the world is the male guy doing here on a Sunday? I mean, I'm just starting the podcast. I look out the front room window or my office window, and uh, here he comes. He's got a package. He's got a couple of he's got Amazon packages. That is the craziest thing. And he's probably looking in the window right now. I don't want to make eye contact uh, going. There's a weird guy in this house talking on a microphone. Anyway, how are you? It is quarantine day uh, XXX. It is Sunday before Mother's Day, and we are about to do the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Let's get started. Kind of made a, um, an unofficial pledge not to talk about the whole uh, pandemic thing during the podcast because... You know, I think one of the best things that we're all doing is escaping that reality here and there once in a while. And um, I turned on the news today and said, oh, that's why I am not watching the news as much because it's just not really that good. So let's move on to things that are good. I'm going to tell you my two favorite Fallon's dad jokes. Um, uh, Joke number one is that um, Fallon's dad was, um, uh, you know, downtown Fort Wayne, Indiana, middle of the night with a pig under his arm, a pig under his arm. Sheriff rolls up and says, oh my gosh, where in the world did you get that filthy thing? And the pig says, I caught him going through a dumpster. Can I keep him? Now, that is one of my favorite Fallon's dad jokes. And I've got some some other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember this one. So Fallon's dad, Dickie, he called me last weekend and he's like, Dave, you should come down to Fort Wayne for a weekend, and we can hang out together. I want to let you know, though, there's going to be a little bit of drinking. And I said, well, Dickie, you know what? I can probably keep up with the best of them when it comes to doing a couple of shots and beers and tequila, things like that. So that's cool. I'm down. He's like, well, Dave, just want to let you know there's also probably going to be a little bit of smoking. I said, well, you know, I don't really smoke weed myself, but if you want to smoke, that's fine with me. I don't really care. He goes, well, Dave, have to let you know this party, there's probably also going to be some fighting. And I said, well, you know what? I am, um, you know, kind of wiry and a little nimble. I can probably keep up with, you know, most of your friends who want to fight, or at least I can run away really quick. He said, okay, that's good to know. Have to let you know, Dave, at this party, there's also going to be some sex. And I said, well, you know, uh, I am married, but, you know, what Susan doesn't know won't hurt her. I said, by the way, what do I wear to this party anyway? He said, well, Dave, it doesn't really matter. It's just going to be the two of us. Now, that right there is one of my favorite Fallon's dad jokes. But I also have the whale joke. And if you've never heard the whale joke before, I encourage you to definitely use it on your friends, use it on your family, um, uh, you know what, use it on your next Zoom meeting. You're not going to be around friends and family, you know, that you haven't seen much lately. But you know what, maybe you are around your brother, your partner, whatever. Tell them this joke. Here we go. So these two whales meet, and one whale says to the other, he says,
And the other whale is like, wait, what? Now, that joke is one of my favorites because it just makes people laugh, and they laugh during the telling of it. Every time you pause and think that it's almost over, and you start up again, they start laughing. And I've told that joke. I don't think that joke has ever bombed anywhere. Uh, so there's your whale joke. All you got to do is remember to draw it out, but not too long. I mean, you don't want to draw it out for five minutes. Um, uh, but there is a joke that I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you the whole joke because it's horrible. And uh, it. I learned the whale joke and uh, this joke at scout camp. So uh, you can tell this joke and you can make it go as long as you want. As a matter of fact, the kid that I've heard tell this joke made it about 10 or 12 minutes long. I'm not going to do the 10 or 12 minute long version, but here's how it joke, the joke goes. Henry the Wasp was born into a fine family of wasps. And from a young age, Henry the Wasp's mom and dad knew that he was going to go on to do really great things. And Henry the Wasp, uh, you know, he learned to walk. He learned to fly. He learned to sting at a very, very young age. And his mom and dad were like, wow, he is really an advanced wasp. He is really going to go on to do great things. And so they enrolled him in like a, a wasp Montessori school. And so Henry the Wasp excelled in this wasp Montessori school, and he did really, really well. Uh, he finished all of his projects early. He helped the teacher clean up, and the teacher would send notes home and send emails to mom and dad and say, my gosh, Henry is an amazing wasp. He helps out around the classroom. He helps out other students. He's very kind. He plays with the shy kids. He plays with the popular kids. He is a very outstanding young wasp. And mom and dad were so proud, and they would hang his little wasp art on the refrigerator. And, uh, and then they, um, uh, they got him into ki kindergarten. Now, of course, right away, his kindergarten experience was the same as um, you know his Montessori school experience. He was an outstanding student, finished his projects early. He learned to read a little bit faster than the other wasps, in some cases a lot faster. And by the time he got into first grade, uh, he went to a special school. He couldn't just go to a regular public elementary school. He went to a special private school on a scholarship because this was one amazing wasp. And Henry uh, was doing, like, reading at about a 10th grade level by about first grade. So he's a very outstanding wasp. Uh, he could do division in his head. He could do multiplication in his head. And not only that, he was a great musician. Uh, he took up the trumpet. And he learned to play the trumpet so well that he was tutoring other kids in playing the trumpet. Now, this joke goes on and on and on like this. And you just make it up as you go. And he goes through all the grades. And he graduates high school with honors. He graduated early when he was only about eight years old. And he went on to Harvard. And, you know, you go on with this story. And then eventually he forms a huge business. And he's very successful and very philanthropic, I think is the word. And uh, he partners with a bunch of other great minds like Bill Gates and Oprah, and he just does amazing things in the world. And one day, they say they're going to have a big Henry the Wasp day to recognize Henry back in his hometown. So he comes back home, and to a hero's welcome, there's a parade, and Henry just has such a great time. And remember, you've made this joke by this time as long as you can, maybe 10 minutes. It's a great like family campfire story to tell. So at this Henry the Wasp commemoration day, uh, he gets a little bit thirsty. So he goes into the, the local grocery store to uh, get um, a, a bottle of a Pepsi. I'm not telling it right. So he goes to this stand. This is where he goes. He goes up to a, a stand to buy some pop. And so, but the line 
to buy pop, he just wanted like a Pepsi, is so long. It's around the block. And so he's like, "Ah, I'm not going to go there. So he goes to a lemonade stand. And the line to buy lemonade is so long, it's ridiculous. And Henry decides, "Mm, I'm not going to go there. So he goes over to the punch stand. And there is no punch line. And that will get groans and moans and shoes thrown at you and threats of death, uh, strangulation, uh, all kinds of things. But again, uh, whether if you have an occasion to tell something like that on a Zoom meeting with your family, bust those jokes out. I mean, the whale joke, people love it. Like I said, it's never failed to get a laugh. And uh, the Henry the Wasp joke, the first time I heard it, I'm like, where in the F is this joke going? And then the kid who told it, who was a really sharp kid, who I think is taking like, you know, nuclear physics or something in Iowa. He's brilliant. I was like, you little son of a bitch. And I've heard other kids tell it at Scout Camp, and it's just a classic. Anyway, so there are three favorite jokes. Uh, This week on the show, we are um, giving away wine. Um, uh, I asked our boss, I said, what are we doing to recognize Mother's Day? And he said, my gosh, we've been so busy with the virus and we've been short-staffed. We haven't had any time to think about what we're doing for Mother's Day. And I'm like, we're KDWB. We got to do something for Mother's Day. So I went out to Total Wine today and I bought a bunch of gift cards uh, with my own money uh, to give away for Mother's Day this week. And it's not that I'm rich. It's just that I am fortunate enough to be able to afford to buy some wine gift cards. It's not. My boss was like, don't buy stuff for the radio station. I said, Rich, I said, I have bought so much stuff for that radio station over the years, thousands and thousands of dollars of stuff, because the station just doesn't want to spend money. I mean, the Dave Ryan computer stickers I bought, the ukuleles a couple of weeks ago I bought. And I'm not bragging, and I'm not complaining. I'm only saying that, you know, we... We need to do something. We're KWB. And to not have anything to give away on Mother's Day to me is like, okay, we need to fix that. So we're giving away wine this week, wine gift cards. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I got a note from my friend Nate earlier this morning, and it's really interesting. I'm going to read it to you because Nate and I, he's very smart. And for some reason, he like shares that intelligence with me. And like he'll send us something like kind of a deep thought. So he sent me um, a fun fact. It said, listen to this one, incompetent people are often so incompetent they don't even realize their own incompetence. According to what's called the Dunning-Kruger effect, people who are ignorant or unskilled in any area are too inept to notice, so they end up thinking they're far more competent than they actually are. And he says, could this apply to anyone? Could even the smartest people be incompetent because there's always someone smarter than them? And I said, I didn't really take it that way, but the way I took it was this. Um, there are people who look at something and go, all right, I am really good at this because I don't know how bad I am. I don't know how incompetent I am. And I'll give you an example. I used to work with a guy years ago, and I'm not going to get specific because I don't want anybody to figure out I'm talking about them, but they looked at what I did on the morning show and they said, I can do that. I can do what Dave's doing. As a matter of fact, they told a mutual friend, I can do what Dave's doing probably even better than Dave can do it. And I heard that, and I was kind of annoyed. I was like, okay, this guy is a decent person, and he's got some talent, but he could not do what I do because he doesn't even know how to do. He doesn't even know what I do. So you're so incompetent, you don't know that you're being incompetent. So eventually this guy had a chance to go do what I did, 
and he bombed miserably. He just bombed miserably. It just wasn't his thing. And he got out of radio, and now he does something else entirely different. And he's actually very successful at that. And it really does prove it's kind of like when you look at somebody who's doing something and you go, wow, I think I could do that. I think that kind of happens when we've tried it a million times. We do Fallon for a day. We used to do Corey for a day and Lena for a day. And we would have these wonderful, well-meaning women in to fill in for Lena or Fallon or Corey or Angie for a day back in the day. And it was embarrassingly bad every time. And I felt bad because maybe one in 20 would be okay entertaining. And I think it's because I'm not saying what we do is hard, but there is definitely a skill set of knowing when to respond, when not to respond, when to let somebody continue their story and when to interrupt them with your own story or when to laugh and whatever. Like Fallon and I have this real chemistry and Lena and I had real chemistry too. Matter of fact, most of the people that I've worked with, we've had real chemistry. It's like if Fallon is on a roll, I let her keep going. I don't go, "Uh uh-huh, 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 which adds nothing to a story. Uh, And I don't interrupt her and I let her finish and she'll do the same thing with me. Um, uh, but I think that sometimes people look at what we do and again, I'm not bragging and not complaining, but I think that they go, I can do that. Listen, I couldn't do your job either. I know it. You probably make it look easy. If you're a teacher, if you are a scientist, if you are a meteorologist, you probably make your job look really easy, but because I don't know what I don't know, I have no idea. Does that make any sense at all? Anyway, Nate, thanks for bringing that up. I really enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, one more thing before we leave. It is uh, movies that couldn't be made today. And I saw this online. Some radio friends were talking about it, and I can only remember two of them right now. Number one is Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds is, like, cringeworthy when you watch it. It came out 36 years ago this summer, and in one of the scenes, they hide a hidden camera in the girls' dorm. And the nerds in in their fraternity... They go back to their house, their frat house, and they're watching these girls on hidden camera. And one of them's like, I want Bush. I want Bush. In other words, he wants to see her naked, all the way naked. And uh, and then finally they show it. And he's like, we've got Bush. And they're all laughing and high-fiving each other. And watching it in 1984, I remember seeing it. It was funny. But watching it now is kind of cringeworthy. You're like, that's illegal. They shouldn't be doing that. Then there's another scene where this really hot girl in the hot girl sorority, um, uh, they go to a costume party or a, a carnival or something, and one of the nerds is dressed up like Darth Vader. And so he takes her into like a, a moonwalk tent or something like that, and they have sex with his mask on. She thinks it's her boyfriend. Then he lifts the mask up, and she's like, oh, my God. I just had sex with a nerd and it was so good. And he's got this really smug, satisfied look on his face like, yep. And it's like, oh, my God, he just raped her. He pretended he was somebody else. He just raped her. And it's like that movie could not be made now because it's like, whoa, I didn't see. I saw 16 Candles, but I don't remember the scene. But one of the DJ friends of mine was saying one of the girls gets drunk and the guys basically pass her around and all have sex with her. And uh, and they think it's great. And I'm like, I don't remember that scene, but that sounds awful. And then one more in one of my favorite movies of all time, made in about 1984, National Lampoon's Vacation. Chevy Chase's family get lost at night and they drive into like a bad part of St. Louis. And uh, they roll down the window and um, uh, Chevy Chase tries to talk 
like he can relate to these black people. He's like, yo, Holmes, excuse me, uh, can you tell me how to get back to the freeway? And one of the guys says, uh, fuck your mama. And then, um, uh, and then one of the kids in the back seat, Rusty, he looks around at all the black guys. He goes, whoa, I wonder if these guys know the Commodores. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so racist. It's like, like comically racist. It's so racist. Anyway, and there's a couple of other parts in that movie where, um, oh, my God, here's one that's awful. Um, the cousin, Eddie, cousin Eddie has a daughter. And she later went on to be on Ally McBeal. Um, uh, Jane Krasowski, maybe, I think is her name. But she was like 12 years old in, in this movie. And, um, and they're talking about learning to kiss. So she's talking with her cousin, who's also about 12 or 13. And they're like, yeah, I know how to kiss boys. And she's like, yeah, well, everybody knows how to kiss boys. And, uh, and the girl, the cousin says, yeah, but my dad says I'm the best at it. And it's like, no! In 1984, when I saw that movie new, it was like, oh, that's funny, incest. <laughs> and now it's like, that's not easy to watch. Anyway, thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, I think we're about to wrap up here. Steve had a really good idea that next that I should do a open letter to Allison's daughter on the podcast. And I think that's a really good idea. So, Steve, thank you. I think we'll do that next week on the podcast, an open letter to Allison's daughter. I want you to also send me an email. Um, Allison's daughter's not here yet, but she will be in a couple of months. Send me an email with any thoughts on the podcast this week. Hey, let me know you're listening. I would appreciate just to let me know that you're listening. I would appreciate that for sure. And, and let me know of any other movie scenes from movies that could not get made today. Because they're wrong, rapey, incesty, racist, sexist. They make fun of gay people or anything like that. Let me know because there's a guy. Okay, Blazing Saddles was one. If you've never seen it and it's an old movie, like 50 years old, that I doubt you have seen it. But that's another one that could not get made today. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, it's all based on the book. And even though a lot of the time, just like K-Fan Radio doesn't talk about sports all the time, we don't talk about the book all the time, but the book is out there. It's on Kindle, and it's the same name as the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. I believe it might be sold out on Amazon, but it's still available at Itasca Books. And uh, slowly but surely working on the volume two. So thank you for listening. Tell a friend about the podcast. If you get a chance um, and you don't have a lot to do, scroll down and give me some stars. Give me a little review. I would appreciate that, too. And, of course, thank you for listening this week's podcast. We'll see you next week.